back to baby mama's podcast episode number six um (laughs) i'm angie and i'm jackie and this is the podcast about how we're getting pregnant as two women yeah if you've been listening then you know a lot about us already but we're not done sharing so (laughs) today um we are recording for the first time ever in a proper sound booth our amazing city has a pretty sweet library and they have this whole inspiration booth thing um, that Ange discovered. So we've got hopefully better sound today. We're still kind of figuring it out. I think next week will be even better, but we're still sharing a microphone. Yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be close to it, but apparently it's not my forte. Well, Jackie likes to look around the room for some reason (laughs) when she's speaking. So (laughs) yeah, instead of just facing forward, I don't know what you're looking at, but it's because it's not natural to just like constantly be leaning forward while you're talking. It feels weird. I'm, I'll be better at it, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So, last time, last episode, we celebrated because I wasn't pregnant, and today I spent the day peeing on so many sticks. <laughs> like, a ridiculous amount of sticks, and if you care to, you can look on our Facebook page, and maybe we'll post it on Twitter, too, the number of sticks, because we're really trying to pin down the exact darkest um, ovulation strip moment so that we can, we've, Ange has done this insane chart, it's not insane, it's actually really brilliant, yeah, I have a theory that why would I wait? I have a theory. Maybe it's buddies. <laughs> You're going to regret that you did that. No, I'm not. <laughs> so I have a theory that uh, why would I go in for insemination right at the positive LH surge? Because washed sperm only lives for 6 to 24 hours. And you don't ovulate until maybe... 24 to 36 hours after the LH surge. So there's a possibility that if we're going in too soon or as soon as we get the positive test, then we'll be completely missing the time window, or yeah. the most optimal window. So basic, based on this charting that she's done, it seems that the most optimal time to go in is 24 hours after the darkest, like after the surge, basically. So that's what we're trying this time. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it works. Yeah, so I I made this whole chart to make it visual because I'm a very visual person. And so I peed on, let's see, I did five this morning, I did two in the afternoon, I did two later afternoon. And this is like three different, no, four different kinds of strips every single time because we're running out of one brand and we can't find a place to buy that brand again. So then it's like, oh, crap, now we're going to have to switch brands. You don't have to reacclimate to a new one, so we're just using all of them at once. <laughs> yes. I think my darkest test today was at 2.30, so then we called the clinic to schedule insemination for 2.30 or 2 o'clock tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So that'll be 24 hours after the peak of my LH surge. So hopefully 24 hours after will be pretty close to when I'm ovulating and will be close enough that the sperm will live long enough to meet the egg. This is my theory. I hope it works. (laughs) 
Yeah, me too, because uh, let me tell you, the the hormones, the Clomid, and I think it's mostly the Clomid, but also the, um, the what the heck is it called? I'm blanking. Sorry, guys. I've had synthroid. like four hours of sleep. Um, so the co- combination of the Synthroid and the Clomid is making Ange crazy. Um, every month, like we know that every month it, it kind of bu- builds on itself. The side effects get worse, and that's why you can't be on Clomid for more than four. They recommend no more than four cycles. Um, if this is only week or month two, I really hope we don't have to see a month four because I had a bad couple days. Oh, wow. I don't, I've had, I've had anxiety my whole life, but this anxiety was very, very different. It was very physical. It was, it was like, I could feel my heart beating out of my chest, but then I would take my pulse and it would be totally normal. Like my heart wasn't going extraordinarily fast or anything um I was smelling cigarettes like it smelled like someone was smoking next to me all day for one full day and it was that was ready to make me insane because I was like I know no one's smoking why am I smelling it and that started fucking with my head because then I was like oh my god I have a brain tumor (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that was right after watching we watched still Alice then was and was like oh I totally have Alzheimer's I have early onset Alzheimer's (laughs) It's like, like sometimes I forget stuff. No, and I I keep trying to explain to her that's a little different. Um, But so the anxiety has been kind of a problem. She's had a hard time sleeping and I try and help, but I don't know what to do. I try and like help her with like deep breathing exercises. But nothing helped. And the weirdest thing is that when it was, when it came to nighttime, it was like the meds just didn't want me to sleep, but they made me really tired. So it was almost as if I would fall asleep and then they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Wake up! Because I would like dart awake after having slept for five minutes. It was like some sort of like torture from Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, and then on top of the fun anxiety nighttime stuff, she was just bitchy, emotional, like just prickly for a couple days. And like one day she was just like, I would, we were just talking and it was like something about housework or whatever and there's a constant in our relationship where I'm much more conscious of cleaning things and she's much less. As I like to say, your perfectionism and my laissez-faire attitude. She said that in our vows, which was very cute. It's accurate. Um, anyway, so we were just having a conversation of like, could you do this? And it was totally calm, talking, no big deal. And she was like, you're just bitching at me and blah, blah. And I was just like okay, I, I'm just trying to talk to you. I'm not yelling. There's no tone in my voice. We're just having a conversation. And it took a while, and then she had to leave. She had to go out for something. I can't remember what. And, like, right before she left the, left the house, she was like, sorry for being a bitchy, and then just left. I don't <laughs> I remember like, that. I know you don't. Was it's I like in a blackout? <laughs> I don't know. Like a miserable blackout? So it's been really interesting on my side of things because I can't feel how she's feeling, right? I can empathize and I'm trying my best to be understanding and supportive. But when she's got this like insane, excessive amount of hormones in her system, I don't know. There's no like way to make it better. Like I just can keep telling her like she was like, what if there's something really wrong with me? And like I have this huge anxiety problem now that's like started now. And I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. thinking... What if my, the rest of my life is like this? And I was totally having horrible thoughts where I was like, I can't live like this. If this is how I feel from now until forever, I'm, I just can't. You know what I could compare it to is like maybe for that amount of time when you had too many hormones in your system, 
you were kind of like a teenager and you couldn't see a way out of it. But I kept telling her, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You've never felt like this before. And the right now you have, you're on these meds. So if this continues after the meds are done, then okay, we'll deal with it. But the chances are like 95% sure that it's the side effect of the drugs. So we're really hoping that we don't have to have her on these meds for too much longer because it's been really challenging. And it's totally because the first month I was like, I'm not really having any side effects with Clomid, <laughs> just like some dry mouth. No, now I'm having like earth shattering anxiety that's keeping me from functioning. You're breaking out. You're a little bit greasier, I feel like. Just a no, little that's bit. just me. Oh, that just depends on how, if she's decided to shower that day or not. <laughs> Which I did not today. Neither did I. <laughs> We're sitting in a tiny-ass room. Yep, only enjoying each other's stank. Must be love, babe. So tomorrow might be the day. Uh, should we record it again like we did last time? Yeah, totally. Okay. I want to have, like, a record of how we're feeling. I think it's. I think it's cool. I think it's good to share and... I've been talking to more and more people about um, about the podcast and about the experience, and um, I'm really I'm just really excited because it's really what we're hoping out of this. I think the biggest goal, aside from just like sharing our story, making people feel less alone, is creating a sense of community. So that's something that's been really on the forefront, and uh, it's just really it's a really cool thing to be able to all share our experiences. And um, we've had some emails this past week in a bit so yeah we want to give some shout outs or some I want to call it baby mama bumps yeah no I thought we were going to call it baby bump no what no mine I makes more remember. sense than anything you're going to say I know but we talked about this and I yeah, totally and my can't idea remember. was best <laughs> as per usual okay we'll go with yours for now so we got um a message from Nicole and she was basically talking about her situation um she's located in the states uh her and her partner had an IUI and they had a positive pregnancy test but then it showed up that it was just an empty sac sack and it would basically be a miscarriage um so she had to carry that around for nine weeks which just sounds insanely difficult mm-hmm. and heart-wrenching because I couldn't imagine going through all of this and all this work and all this, like, brain time and energy and cost to have it end in such heartbreak. Also, the sucky part of that is that you have to wait for nine weeks, so you don't get to try the next month. Yeah. And you have to deal with miscarriage. So they're they're trying again, so we want to give a, a baby mama's bump shout-out to them. And our fingers are crossed for you guys, and we hope that it works out and that... Your hard work and, you know, your tears and your sweat and everything pay off. Sweat? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's sweat involved. Well, it depends on how you're doing it. <laughs> um, but we just want all of our listeners to send fertile thoughts to Nicole and Bonnie. Thanks for writing in and sharing, and we'd love to hear more about your process as you go through it. And we're all just thinking really good thoughts for you. And we got another message from Stephanie who said that... She just wanted to send us a thank you for sharing our experiences and that... Um... I'll just read it because it's a little easier. Years and wisdom convinced me that it just seemed like a huge exposure to write about this emotional and difficult journey for anyone and everyone to read. I've watched other friends share openly to only want pregnancy, only want privacy during difficult times and not be able to get away from, the, from answering questions from well-meaning friends. So this is my long-winded way of saying thanks. Thanks for making this weird experience of trying to have a baby as a queer person more normal. I listen to your podcast when I want to feel a shared experience that is so private and personal in nature. 
You guys are hilarious. Keep up the good work and good luck. Our time will come. We really appreciate the note. It's awesome to hear that people are kind of receiving this the way we're intending it. And anything you get out of this podcast is great for us. We're totally loving this, um, spending time together, having these conversations, talking to our friends. I mean, we talk to our friends about this stuff anyway, but it's kind of brought out a different level of conversation, I think. Yeah. And so shout out to Stephanie, Baby Mama Bumps, shout out for your Baby Mama Bump. That will come, and our time will come, just like you said. So in other news, I want to talk about how stars, they're just like us. (laughs) Um, And just, I don't know if you guys know this about her, but she's a bit of a celebrity whore. She loves, loves, loves the celebs. I do. Um, I follow them intensely closely because I have nothing better to do with my life. This is why I need a child. And I also think that maybe secretly you want to be a celesbian. What's that? A celebrity lesbian. Um, who says I'm not? (laughs) All right, so Kim Kardashian came out and she said that she might undergo a hysterectomy after having her second child and that her fertility issues took the fun out of getting pregnant. I can't tell if I feel bad for her or if I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, she doesn't have the constraint of, like, financial um, infertility like a lot of us are potentially faced with. But I do know from watching the, watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, don't judge me, I love it. Um, she basically, I think it was something like at, when she was like 30 or 31, they told her she had the ovaries or like the eggs of like a 50-year-old. So she really had a limited number of eggs and was um, pretty concerned about it. So it does sound like, she, I mean, she does have legitimate fertility issues, but I mean, yeah, she has. It, it's hard to feel sad for her because I'm like, well, A, you have unlimited resources, unlimited resources, and B, like, it's the same, it's it's not fun for us either, really, you know, like, it's not like, like, I, I've it's been never th- going to be fun for us. That's the thing. It's not well, it's, yeah. fun to go into a, a clinic and have someone stick a catheter in your cervix. Yeah, and it's, and it's not fun to be, like, stressing about when you're ovulating and when, like, it's kind of like, oh, you have to deal with what we have to deal with. And it sucks because everyone having to deal with this, you know, I, I empathize with everyone having to deal with this, no matter who you are. But it's kind of nice to have a story in the media about fertility issues and, like, it's humanizing as much as you can humanize anything when you're talking about Kimye, but... (laughs) She says, uh, constantly checking if she was ovulating sucked the fun out of her and Kanye's attempts to get pregnant. I'm like, I'm ovulating, get home now. He'd be like, wait, I'm in the studio. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of obnoxious. I find, like, it's a little obnoxious, but I still think that, like, it's true. It's not fun, and you have this, there's this, like, sort of idea of trying, and it's so fun, and you're just, like, having sex constantly, and that's not what it's like when you're actually dealing with fertility issues, because it's it's not about fun. It's about accuracy, and it's about stress, and it's about timing, and it's about money, and it's about, like, being uncomfortable and just hoping and hanging all of your hopes on something that you have no, not a whole lot of control over. So I'm um, doing crazy things like going to acupuncture. When I went to acupuncture last time, the girl or my, the girl, the acupuncture doctor. I think I, they're called acupuncturists. No, they're called traditional Chinese medicine doctors, actually. That's a very big mouthful. Yes. Uh, she put on some plinky plunky guitar music and put the song on repeat. So I was lying there for an 
hour listening to the same song. But because we live in a society where, well, or maybe I just live in this society where you can't say like, um, you put the song on repeat. I just sat there and listened to the same like. See, my thought was bung, 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 bung. When she comes in, I'd be like, hey, can you change up the track? Okay, and no, but they don't come in until the end when you're done. So then she did come in, and she was like, oh, poor thing. Your song was on repeat. And I said, oh, was it? I didn't notice. Oh, my God. Why are you so polite? (laughs) I don't know. You're so Canadian. I know. I was just like, I couldn't. I was like, oh, they all sound the same anyway. I didn't even notice. You're not. I don't really listen to the music anyway. Lies. All lies. Holy shit, this song. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound pleasant at all. It's supposed to be so relaxing. You gotta speak up, man. Well, okay. The thing is, they give you a buzzer, so I could have buzzed, but then I like I didn't want to interrupt whatever she was doing. You mean her job? Yeah, which is to make you comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm the worst. Yeah, pretty Aww. much. Pretty much. So this week, yeah, I feel like it's mostly been about trying to keep Ange from going completely insane. Is that hard for you? Um, yeah, it's hard because I don't know. I want to I wanna do whatever I can to make things easier for you, but I don't know how to, like, that one night when you couldn't sleep and you were so miserable and you were, like, getting angry and I came in and I was trying to, like, rub your, like, rub your head and, like, stroke your hair and help you do some deep breathing exercises. And then you were like, this isn't working. You can just go. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was trying so hard to be supportive and you were just like, fuck this. So it's frustrating because I can't, I don't know how to fix it. And that really is hard for me because I just. Because you're not the one going through it? Yeah. So, and then I, like, I was trying not to be frustrated with you because there were some days when you were really, as my mother would say, you were really owly. Mm -hmm. That's a good term. It is, right? Because it's not as like, it's not as awful sounding as. of owls. Oh, no, wait. What? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) You know what sucks? Because I've Googled pregnancy and ovulation and stuff so much on my computer. Now all of the ads that come up, like the Google generated whatever because they pay attention to your searches, are all to do with like, get your baby stuff here or pregnancy or this thing. And it's all just pregnancy and baby related. And it sucks because I don't necessarily want to see that shit all the time because it's already occupying my brain 23 hours of the day. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine someone who has gone through everything that they can and they just can't have children and then that stuff is still popping up for them because they've been googling it like constant reminder of like what you're struggling to get and what you can't have and And it's these pictures of these cute babies and these like moms and they're holding their beautiful babies oh my god do you remember do you remember the day when so this week I had one of the best days I've ever had I think maybe (laughs) or in a while anyway um I was hanging out I've introduced two of my friends who both have new babies one one of their babies is four months the other baby is two months so we all hung out and I was I had two babies around me and it was so great and Ange was so miserable I think that was a week ago it was a week ago today Ange was just having the worst day oh but I got cheered up by Nolan Katie's baby yes because I but but if you just listened to me you could have been cheered up earlier and and even more because uh you missed you miss seeing little Ellis. I did. And he's just so cute. But it was just awesome. I was just sitting there and, like, I'd get one baby handed to me and then he had to go, you know, breastfeed. And then I'd get the other baby and they'd puke on me or, you, like... You didn't just breastfeed them yourself? No. No. No, trust me, between Emily and Katie, there was enough boob. 
Nobody <laughs> needed help. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. So I was like, I just kept being like, Ange, just like, come here. Come be around the babies. They will totally cheer you up. And she was like, no, I'm going to go home. Like, fuck the world. And like, totally miserable. And she finally listened to me and came over. Unfortunately, you missed you missed Emily and Ellis. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. And but- Nolan is like, he's so funny. He's just like the cutest fattest little adorable thing ever and it it's like the best thing I feel like being around babies is like only gonna make us more likely to conceive and that sounds like magic but I don't know well I'm super impatient to get there I know I really just wanted to be pregnant yesterday in fact I saw a book called the impatient woman's guide to getting pregnant and uh I that was a smooth transition I opened it because I was like, I'm an impatient woman. I want to be pregnant yesterday. And it was like the middle of the book. And it said, have as much sex as possible. And I was like, fuck you, book. And closed it because I was like, I can't. That doesn't do anything for me. Well, we could still do that, but it's not going to help anything. No, fuck everything that doesn't help me. (laughs) But everything is so geared toward, like, I don't know, straight couples. Everything. Everything, like, everything. Again, like, going I back feel... to, like, the ads on my computer. It's always moms. You never see, really, a dad with a baby in those Which ads. is obnoxious. Like, I know a lot of dads who are, like, stay-at-home dads or really involved dads or, like, just dads, period, who are involved with their children's lives. And it's, like, they're totally not represented, let alone gay dads or queer moms or, you know, trans parents or whatever. Like, it's so, it's so gender normative. The whole, like pregnancy motherhood and so is getting married i yeah for us it was okay because we're two women and everything is geared towards brides Mm -hmm. but i could not imagine being two men trying to plan a wedding and looking at all this shit geared toward women yeah like that would make me insane and what was i remember when we we were renting kilts and they kept asking for the groom's name, and you kept being like, "There isn't a groom." And they were they were out of Arizona or something. Yeah. And they kept and Andrew was just like, "I don't want to tell them that it's a queer wedding because I don't know it's Arizona. Like I don't know what it's like there. It seems pretty anti." So we ended up just using my brother's name, which is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Just send me the fucking outfit. Yeah, like it's not for the groom. So what difference does it make? It was so dumb. Um, but I feel like also there's kind of like a. It's not necessarily propaganda, but I feel like just, I feel like some people, when you talk to them about how much we're doing, sort of like the lengths that we have to go to to get pregnant, are kind of like, wow, like you really want kids, hey? And it's like, it's almost like a negative. And I'm like, why is that? What's wrong with wanting kids that badly? I mean, I have to go to any kind of length because I'm gay. Like, there's nothing else. I, I can't just accidentally get pregnant. It's almost like there's this perception that if you're trying that hard like you're desperate and there's something wrong with you yeah, and you're like or that, this sad person or that because you can't have kids biologically the two of you then you should just adopt like, yeah there's you sh- like that equation's off the table for you so then you should just have to adopt and it's like why is that more our responsibility than it is anybody else's responsibility to yeah. adopt yeah if that's your argument yeah so it kind of bugs me sometimes when people Like, people aren't rude. So far, nobody's been really rude, but you can tell there's kind of like a, geez, like, like, why are you going to all these lengths? And it's like, you know, because I want to. I want to be pregnant. I want to be pregnant so bad. Seriously. Relax. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to go crazy. 
See, and this is the stuff you need to hear. This is, this is like mild. This is mild. Um, I spend every day crying into my pillow. Pretty much. Being like, womb, I need my womb filled. <laughs> I am a shell of a human. Uh, we also had kind of a crazy week. I don't know if any of you outside of BC are aware, but we had an insane windstorm. Insane, insane, insane. Like power lines, trees down everywhere. More than, I think at one point it was more than 400,000 people in BC without power. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, and I work in emergency communications, so it was a, it was a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> it was really challenging, and it made us kind of extra thankful for where we live because we were downtown Vancouver and we didn't lose any power. Um, My mom lost power, and I went over there to take her some candles and to just and give her like a flashlight and stuff that she didn't have. And then I decided I was going to go on a walk and try and get her some food. <laughs> and literally, a minute after I left her house, it was like a torrential monsoon downpour. And I got soaked in about three minutes that it took me to like walk back to her house or run back down to the insoles of my shoes were just like sponges right through to my underwear. Like yeah. everything through my rain jacket. I was and I soaked. Had, I had just left work at that time and I could not... My, my windshield wipers couldn't keep up. Like, I could barely see. Everybody was driving, like, 20 kilometers an hour. I don't know what that is in miles. I'm sorry, Americans. It's very slow. Um, and it just felt like... And I'm, like, after kind of hearing about the stuff going on outside the world while I was at work, driving felt like... Like, almost, like, po- post-apocalyptic. <laughs> like, there was no lights. It was raining so hard. There were trees down everywhere. People just looked shell-shocked like everyone was just kind of like what is happening like what is happening in the world and we had no notice no one really said oh there's a storm coming this weekend it just hit us it just happened and and yeah it was it was a really challenging thing for the city for the lower mainland especially so I saw a book online that was pretty cool um it was through the donor conception network which I follow on twitter and if you want to you can follow us on twitter baby mama's cast uh And it's a book that's basically a story about a boy who's conceived through donor conception. Conceived through donor conception? Is that the right way of saying that? Was conceived... 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 (laughs) (laughs) Was conceived with donor sperm. Yeah. How's that? I guess so. The storybook is based around this kid finding out that, you know, or his parents telling him that he's been conceived that way, which is really cool that there's a storybook out there geared towards our sort of generation of children. Yeah, it's awesome because, I mean, kids' books should reflect the variety of family types and, you know, experiences that kids have. And I think it's really amazing that there's a book that exists like that. Hopefully there'll be more. Maybe we'll write one. Oh, yeah. What would we call it? Where the fuck have you been? Why did it take so long? <laughs> Instead of, like, the go to the fuck to sleep, it'll be like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> hey, baby, do you know how much money you cost us? <laughs> you better be great. Do you know where I got all this gray hair from? Conceiving you. 500 ovulation strips and counting. Ooh, that would be a great title for the book. 500 ovulation <laughs> strips and counting. <laughs> Kids would be like, I don't want to read this. This is angry. (laughs) (laughs) It's very weird in this room, I have to say. First of all, it's very warm, and we're not allowed any liquids. So I feel parched. Like, as soon as they told me I couldn't bring any water in, I was like, 
Oh my god, my mouth is a desert. What am I going to do? The podcast is going to be full of like dry mouth sounds. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom asked me if I was pregnant and I was like, no. Or no, I mentioned something about wanting to get pregnant or something like that. She's like, well, you better find a man. I'm like, oh my god, I've explained to you how many times how this works. I'm like, there's sperm already at the clinic, mom. I just have to wait to ovulate and go in. And she just stares at me like I just went. (laughs) She can't get the concept of what I'm doing in her head. And she's not like a stupid person. Like she's an intelligent woman. I don't understand why it's so hard for her to figure out that like the reason people get pregnant is because the sperm comes from the penis and goes into the vagina. You don't need the penis for that. You just get the sperm and then you put it in. Yeah. And she told me, first of all, that I should be eating like tons of red meat. So she sent me home with, like, a steak pie. And she told me later on, she called me and was like, this might be personal, but I need to tell you, whatever it is you're doing, try not to, if you can help it, have an orgasm. What? (laughs) Don't have an orgasm? Yeah. That is the opposite of what actually is the truth. I mean, for us, because basically the orgasm just helps um, suck the sperm into the the cervix. cervix, Into the uterus. So when you're doing IUI, it doesn't really matter, but... Nobody has ever said in science, don't have an orgasm because that helps, that doesn't help she you She was saying that it will expel the sperm. Like it'll, whatever contractions happen from an orgasm will expel the sperm. I just got really uncomfortable having a conversation with my mom about orgasms, period. And she well, kept saying orgasms and I was like, okay, I did just. Did you correct her? No, I was just like, okay, because I wanted the conversation to be over. <laughs> like before it even started. You're just like, okay, 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 bye. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yep. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. Bye. Well, if she brings it up again, just be like, listen, Mom, we're doing our own research, and that's not accurate. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, it's not I like don't. I'm gonna take advice from her anyway. Yeah. Okay, so I went, so when I was there, she gave me corn. She wanted to send me home with corn, and she gave it to me, two ears of corn in a plastic bag, and so I take it out to the car, and I put it down on the floor of our car, and I'm driving, and then I... <laughs> Looked down, and I'm like, why are my hands covered in silver paint? I was like, what the fuck? And on the other side of the bag, for some reason, there's silver paint all over it. Silver paint all over the bag that's holding the corn that says Okanagan on one side and highlighter. Silver paint all over the other. And you know what? This is not a <laughs> this surprising even, story. No, she's telling me this, and I'm looking at her like, and? This is like <laughs> regular mom stuff, because yeah. your mom's fucking weird. One time she gave me a book for Christmas that looked like... <laughs> It had been stabbed with, with a, a with a with a basilisk fang. Yeah, it had this puncture right through the <laughs> middle of it that didn't make sense for any reason why it would be there. And and if if you because her her mom will often kind of regift things, and I think that she's very low income and it's it's very thoughtful. But it's like if you're looking around the house for something to give somebody, would you pick up a book that has a giant hole in the back of it and go, this, this is what I want. And you can never go into my mom's house and say, oh, I like that because she will give it to you Yeah, at your birthday or even just right then and there. Like sometimes I'll just compliment things in her house that I don't actually like. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Like little figurines. And then she gives them to me. I have all these bracelets that she gave us that are just not us at all. Yeah. And she still can't accept that I'm not as girly as she wants me to be. So I'm, I still receive weird jewelry. She gave me like a diamond necklace that was a zipper. She thought it was cool. It's not real diamonds. 
No, but it was like whatever. Shiny. Like costumey jewelry. Yeah. And she was like, Yeah, thanks. This is and she, she tries to buy me clothes and I'm like, please don't. Like I'm I can't even buy me clothes. Like it's hard and she is very fat shamey. Like she tells Anne she's fat all the time. She, I'm sure she thinks I'm a giant heifer because I'm way bigger than Ange is. I'm a curvy girl. And she tries to buy me clothes. I'm like, stop it. Like, you're trying to just, like, she buys me, like, these big, like, floofy <laughs> things so I can just, like, cover myself in, like, drapes of fabric. So she's, I think she's just trying to cover up all my fat. She's trying to do it for, like, society. Yeah. She's like, oh, like, God. I'm, like, you need to cover up. Just wear this. We don't want Nobody people wants looking to see at you. You. <laughs> you disgusting pig. I'm sure that's what she thinks of me. Oh, my God. My mom is just a treat. Like, really. <laughs> if you ever get a chance... Say hello and then run away as fast as you can. Don't ever give her your phone number. Angie, you need to call me back and it's a, it's an emergency. And then you call her back and she's like, I can't find my bra. That's not a fucking emergency! <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is why I want a kid that isn't very high needs. Well, I, obviously a newborn's going to be pretty high needs, but this is what I deal with. No, but it's different. It's not high needs. It's like normal needs. Yeah. Like, the baby needs food. The baby needs to be changed, not the baby needs 18,000 things that are totally unreasonable and take over your entire life. Yeah. Um, but we would love, I think what would be really great is if anybody has feedback of particular things that they want to hear or if you have questions for us, we would love to answer them. If you have any ideas for how to better create um, a sense of community, a little baby mama's group kind of love nest um (laughs) we would love to hear from you and just keep the emails coming because it the more messages we get the more we realize that this is really a good thing that we're doing not to like pat ourselves on the back but it's a cool thing and that people are appreciating it and that it's sort of filling a need that isn't really being met at this point oh if anybody has any ideas on how to deal any like new novel ideas on how to deal with anxiety or Anything like that, we'd much appreciate it because... I'm not, like, floundering out no, in the world. No, but it's making it hard for you to sleep. And yeah, sleep is important. but I feel better now. I think it I was, know. like, the pre-ovulation situation. Pre-ovulation situation. situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, we should write a rap song about this. We already have it. It's our intro. Hey. Yeah, so hopefully my theory will work tomorrow, 2 o'clock, going in, another IUI, if it doesn't happen, we're going to have to find, I'm so sure we're going to have to find a new donor. You don't know that. I will bet you right now, live on this podcast, what should we bet? A 30-minute massage. 30-minute massage? Like, by us. Not okay, so me. if we call the clinic and they say that they're sold out, then you give me a massage. If, and if they're not, if there's even if there's only one vial you got to give me a 30-minute massage, which is very big because Ange will be like, oh, here, here, I'll give you a massage. It Three seconds hands. later, and she's like, I'm done. hurts my hands. Uh, my baby hands. Your guitarist hands? Yeah. Come on. Does that stress you out, thinking about picking another donor? No, because we already have a backup. No, but I don't want him anymore. I want oh, our first guy. Oh, well, you can't. I only was okay with the second guy because we were going to get the first guy. <laughs> now he feels like a garbage person. Oh, that's not very nice. It doesn't stress me out Watch because... Watch, now we're going to go with him, and this is recorded that he, I think he's a garbage person. <laughs> no, he was the one that whose mom died, right? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed really sweet. Yeah. He, I like the way that this guy, one? our he, current guy, looks better than him, though. Yeah, but it's not all about looks. I mean, 
our baby's going to have half your genes, and you're super sexy, so we should be covered there. Nice. As long as we don't, like, mate with a caveman, we'll be fine, you know? But, okay, so what if second guy is sold out? Well, then we find another guy. Start from scratch? We it's... should have just bought all the sperm. No, we didn't. We should have bought this, here's... one vial from every guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm approaching this as I, I'm hoping we don't have to buy another vial. If we do, we'll deal with it then. But I can't. There's so many things to stress about that there's no point in jumping ahead and getting stressed out about something that we're not sure we have to deal with. You just really need to be in the moment. It's so much easier than looking ahead six months. What if we're still trying in six months? What are we going to do? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So why don't we just chill the fuck out? How are you able to stay so calm? Because it's not happening in my body, I think. I don't have all these extra hormones being pumped into my system. I don't have the pressure of, like, I need my body to perform. So I feel like it's easier, a little bit easier for me and also... It's my job because it is happening happening to you and your body to try and be the calm one because you can't. <laughs> but I'm worried you're just going to snap one day that this is going <laughs> to no. be building up and building no. up and all this stuff. And you're no. just going to be like, we can't do this anymore. We've reached our max and it's going to come out of the blue. I Whereas that's... I like to think about it ahead of time and consider it rather it, than it be a last minute. Well, I think that's why we're a good team because you are thinking ahead and I'm restraining you from thinking too far ahead. It's okay to have contingency plans, but it's not okay to freak out about something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I just approach it that it's my job to keep you down here on Earth. Okay. Okay. So, being on Earth, what should we name our baby? Tara. Ha! Get it? Aww. Get it? Tara's kind of cute. I actually like the name Tara because one of my best friend's names is Tara. Oh, yeah. I was going to be like, But I was Ew. thinking Tara, T-E-R-R-A, because of the Earth. Oh, okay. But I don't actually want to name our baby that. I, I really think. like the name Fiona. Fiona? Yeah. It just always makes me think of Shrek. Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Why would I it make won't. you think of Shrek? Because Princess Fiona from Shrek. Yeah, but then there's also Fiona Apple, who's awesome. Not somebody I'd want my child modeled after. She's kind of a basket case. No, she's an artist. She's tortured and kind of miserable. She is very skinny. She needs to eat a sandwich. She needs to eat like twenty sandwiches. She needs to eat McDonald's. No, I don't think that. I don't think anybody needs McDonald's. Oh, she needs. She just needs a steak sandwich. Well, it doesn't have to be bread. She meat needs either. Wendy's. <laughs> Maybe she should just Wendy's like made to order. have a stir fry. <laughs> you know, have some rice. Yeah. I don't know about the name Fiona. I don't hate it. I just don't see it for our kid. Whatever. Do you have another suggestion? Well, you like the name Felicity. <gasps> I do like the name Felicity. But every time I hear the name Felicity, I don't think of Felicity Jones. I think of Felicity from the fucking TV show. I have think of Carrie Russell and her have short you guys hair. Seen Felicity Jones, if you don't know, Felicity Jones is a very pretty person. I'm not going to say she's prettier than my wife. She has way bigger mouth. But than I don't want to sleep with her. To be clear, I just want to look like her. <laughs> And she usually has, like, celebrity crushes that manifest as, I want to be their friend or I want to be them. Yeah. Amy Schumer? Friend. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence? Friend. I'd definitely sleep with Jennifer Kristen Lawrence Bell, if I had the friend. chance. I'd sleep with her, no, too. No, because then you can't be friends with her. Yes, you can. You're not playing the right game. <laughs> you I want long-term friendships. You want short-term one-night stands. No. Then she'll sleep with you and never speak to you again. Why would they never speak to me again? I'm good in bed. Yeah, but you can't sustain that relationship because you're People married. People can do that. 
whatever. People make it work. We're going to name our child Jennifer Amy Dubay. Jennifer Amy Kristen <laughs> Felicity, Felicity Dubay. <laughs> Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast.